0: you know i the word of god the teaching of the word is so vital and important to the body of christ but sometimes we have a tendency to just dive into that too quickly and not allow the lord to really explain things to us we have a prophetic worship team that's led by pastor Ryan and Melissa and we need to understand that in the In the prophecy of worship, we must receive what God has for us. It may be different. It may be different thinking. It is a loving correctiveness that comes in in worship. How many of you have experienced this where you've come in and just, ah, just a little down and all of a sudden a song comes in and it just picks you right up? You see, that's prophetic worship. It is just speaking to you. The Holy Spirit led them because he knows where you're at. He knows what you need. And so allow yourself to rise up in this. Imagine with me, if you will, a church that has five breakthroughs. Oop, that's us. God promised us five breakthroughs. And there are two personal ones that only you and God knows, that you have laid that before the Lord. There is breakthrough happening, and I want to tell you, as a pastor of this church, I haven't experienced in my spirit the excitement of the future that I've ever had, and I've been in ministry over 40 years, and it's an exciting day for me, not that there's not challenges. Let me just give you a story here quickly, is Abraham told Lot, Lot, look over the land. What do you want? And what did Lot do? Because, it, you know, with Lot, it was all about himself. Me, 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 give me. What's What about my problems and all that? And so Lot, the Bible tells us, picks the good land. And then Abraham looked out at the other land, and it was desert. It was desolate. Abraham had a lot of history that we know, uh, promises, and had to wait for those promises to manifest. And sometimes when you're waiting on the Lord, you can just kind of go, and you put your head down a little bit. And, but what God did to Abraham, Abraham said after that, he said, Abraham, and Abraham, you know, paid attention. He said, I want you to look up, and I want you to see. What you see is what you're going to receive. Then there's another story in the Bible. I talked to the elders about this this past week about Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel came in and was going to rebuild the foundations, but the people were against him. And he kept trying and trying, and finally he basically gave up. And he was sitting there, and and the Bible says an angel, but... There's an argument there in in Scripture, whether it was an angel or a prophet. But um, either or, it was of God. And it came to Zerubbabel and, and said, I want you to look up to that mountain. And the mountain represented tribulation, people, problems, and things in their life. And he said, I want you to see what I have promised you. I want you to break through by your vision, by what you see. And when you see it, I promise you that I, your God, will make those mountains, that mountain, like a plain. And he directed Zerubbabel to look over to the plain. And he said, that's going to be your tribulation and people problems in your life. You will see me... Take care of that if you will keep your eyes on what I have promised you. You see, God is doing that in the church today, not just Valley Community, but he's doing it in the whole world. Pastor Dan talked about it. Pastor Ryan talked about it. We sang about it. And I bet your conversations this week have been a little bit about that. Because God is saying something to all of us. There is a breakthrough that is happening around the world. But I'm your pastor. And I'm just excited that I get to watch you break through in areas you never dreamed of. But, let me say it this way, but you're seeing it. You're beginning to look at it. You're beginning to look past the past. And you're seeing God's future for you. I just want to, as Scripture talks about, we'll be talking about this foundational understanding. I just want to put my hands towards you. I know COVID has caused us to stop putting our hands on each other. Did you know when you lay hands on people, it's a blessing? It's a covenant blessing? And so I want you to understand right now, I'm laying my hand on your shoulders, and I'm saying be blessed in Jesus' name. Receive the word of God. Do not allow offense, defensiveness, whatever it is, to hinder you from hearing the voice of God. Be blessed today, amen? Amen. 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 God bless you as you're seated. Well, you know the Holy Spirit, as he led me to uh, uh, teach on these foundations, um, during the process of that, uh, just a lot of laughter that I had when I began to realize the prophetic words that have been given to us and the prophecy coming from this platform during our worship is I began to laugh a lot, uh, you know, and and it's not a spirit of laughter. It's just basically downright I'm a person and God's given us a motion of laughter, and so I've been laughing. And so I read this and I, I laughed about it, so let me read it to you. An elderly woman had just returned to her home from an evening of religious service when she was startled by an intruder. As she caught the man in the act of robbing her home of its valuables, she yelled, stop, Acts 2, 38, turn from your sin. And the burglar stopped dead in his tracks. Then the woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the officer cuffed the man to take him in, he asked the burglar, why did you just stand there? All the old lady did was yell a scripture at you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. Amen. We're talking about a foundation, a foundation that is secure, a foundation that you and I build on that God directs us, and we we build that. And we found in Scripture that there are six foundational truths in Scripture. God has told us we will have a total of five breakthroughs in our lives in 2021 and 2022. And I'm watching it happen in your and my life. He gave you two personal ones that you and he, it's in the secret place, are talking about. So as we continue and discuss family and how to get breakthrough in our relationships, there are six foundations that are essential before God. And if they are not foundational, they will not permit us from going forward into maturity. But if they are foundational, if they are secure, God will see us through. Let's read them again. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, a foundation, let us go on to perfection or maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. In other words going over and over and over the same thing. You feel like you're getting somewhere and all of a sudden you fall back. You get angry, you get offended. Uh, Something happens, your boss mistreats you, whatever it is, tribulation comes and you go back into the hole again. And he's saying here that we have to have these these foundations from dead works and a faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms. We're beginning to talk about that today of laying out of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God gives us a green tag. We talked about that a little bit uh, earlier, about the red tag and the green tag. So these six foundations are elementary in order for us to move on to greater maturity. Basic 101 of christianity last week we concluded a two-week study on the first two foundations let me quickly tell you those and if you weren't here go back online and you can watch them again repentance from dead works this means i know that i'm not a free moral agent meaning i'm not able to run my life apart from god everything that i do includes god in my life. I submit everything to him. The decision of my life I submit to him and I do what he says, not what I say. Remember remember this statement that God is not going to kiss your baby, he'll kiss his baby that he gave you. He will kiss the vision he gave you, not your or my vision. So we repent from dead works, doing my plan. I no longer will do my plan, but God, I will listen to you and do your plan for my life, for my family, for my home, for my business, wherever I'm at, you in the marketplace. You face such different things that happen, laws, regulations, but God's plan will work in all that. It doesn't surprise God, whatever government or or anybody's doing, in the business realm, and small business. I want you to know God's plan will work. Stick to it. The second is he is my father who loves me and takes care of me, so I trust in God. That, the second one, that's faith towards God. I trust him. Even though it looks like all Hades is breaking loose, it looks like things are falling apart in my life, I know that I'm doing what God asked me to do, so I'm going to stay with it. Remember, time frame. Abraham, Joseph, Moses, 40 years, 13 years, 17 years, 20 years. Elisha, 20 years. All of them got the vision and the goal, but they kept their eyes on it, but it took a time frame for it to take place. So don't give up after a month, a year, two years. Know that what God said will come to pass. That's a foundation, that you can build maturity, and God can take you to greater places. God can take you through to greater places. So, the foundation is most important of any building. We learn that if the foundation is not strong, the building cannot hold it. The foundational aspect of our life, spiritual life, is not attractive either. It's hard work, it's patience. It is sitting there at times when it seems like it's not working, but it is working. If you've uh, rented an apartment, you bought a home, I bet you any money, none of you have asked, how's the foundation? Because what they do is they check the foundation before they sell a home. Because they know if it's not secure, then the house will have a problem. The building will have a problem. If my foundation in spiritual realm is not secure, I will have problems in the future trying to reach the destiny that God has given me. And we found that destiny, that plan, that vision was given the moment of conception, when you were conceived in your mother's womb. That's the moment that God began to write out your plan of life, and he secured it because God is perfect. So the substructure determines the superstructure. So the six essential foundations determine your destiny in God's kingdom. So when God is looking at his plans for your life, he won't give you a green tag again. If you don't have a proper foundation, he will red tag you Because he doesn't like you? No, that's the way people think. No, it's because he loves you. He knows that when he takes you to greater heights that you'll struggle because of personality problems or past hurts, whatever it may be. Build your foundation secure in the word of God. That's why discipleship is such a key and we'll find more in that area. Discipleship is a key to every aspect of our foundation. But let me just give you some wisdom regarding this because every one of us want to get past today. Every one of us want to see tomorrow or the next week or the next year because we have promises in our heart that we know God has given us. Here's the wisdom. Slow down. Slow down. Be patient. Slow down, be patient, and build that solid foundation. You're the one that needs to make sure your foundation is secure. Matter of fact, have you checked the box of the first two? Repentance from dead works and faith towards God, okay? So you have, you've checked those boxes, and if you haven't, get on on your face before God, get in that secret place, and get your, your uh, foundation in line. And by doing so, now let's talk about the next two foundations. The third is the doctrine of baptisms. And the fourth is laying on of hands. We talked about it today, uh, of the blessing of the hands. That will be next week. Now, we are talking about breaking through and going on to greater levels of maturity. So let's say it this way. We're talking about breakthrough regarding family, regarding relationship with your family. These six foundations will cause you to have a real relationship with God. Why don't you understand that? A real relationship with God. A real relationship with your spouse and with fellow believers. I just want to say this to you. If, if you are struggling with people, if you want change, change comes through you as an individual first. It is correcting yourself in your foundational principle that choose not to be offended, choose not to be angry, choose not to retaliate, choose not to be that person that is always argumental, It's always different. It's not about me anymore. It is about God and his plan. Maybe God put that person in your life to help you break through. Maybe that toughest time you're having with that person is the reality is God is trying to wake us up and and to get us into a place of recognizing God has placed that person in me so that I can see my foundation, that it's not secure because I'm crumbling in my emotions right now to rise up. So the third foundation is the doctrine of baptisms. Notice the word baptisms is plural because it's talking about two. We'll talk about one today, and in two weeks, we'll talk about the second one. The first one today, we're going to talk about water baptism. And then in two weeks, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which will probably, that subject, take two weeks to talk about. So let's talk about water baptism, and, it's, and you'll be reading things that will many times include water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, for those that are with me in prayer on Sunday morning, we read the scripture today. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter is preaching his sermon, and the words that came out of him, Holy Spirit-led words, Cut them to the heart. Very important that you hear that. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That is talking about water baptism for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is talking about The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. In other words, water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism is for today. Many people say it's not. What did that just say? And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. They were baptized in water. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. So Peter preaches this amazing message, and thousands receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the Bible depicts it, what happened to them, is that the message cut them to the heart. Then they said, what should we do? And Peter answered, repent and let everyone be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Notice, it didn't say, pray the sinner's prayer. Now, folks, I am okay with a sinner's prayer because that's when people believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Is Lord and they repent of their sins. But we must see how Peter absolutely puts an importance on water baptism. And you listen to me closely because there's doctrinal issues here that people get messed up and people get confused about water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism. And I'm going to, in the next four weeks, laying on of hands, also, I'm going to explain to this in in such a simple manner that you're gonna walk out of here absolutely understanding the foundational issue that maybe some of us have been having in our spiritual walk. So it is absolutely essential that you and your family be water baptized. Why? It is a foundation for a real relationship with God and even others what happens we're going to talk about when you are water baptized you've confessed jesus christ as lord what happens now when you are water baptized and i'm going to prove all this through scripture so why baptism is so important water baptism is the covenant seal of the new covenant We're going to see in a moment the covenant seal of the Old Testament. But water baptism is the covenant seal of the new covenant. God cut Adam and Eve. Covenant means to cut. So Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you confess that he shed his blood for your sins and took stripes on his back for your healing. And now you call him Lord. And by the way, Lord doesn't mean if it feels good. Lord means you, God, our Lord, and I submit everything in my life to you. So covenant means a sacrificial, permanent relationship. Matter of fact, to death. In other words, a covenant is about that basically it's to death. It's not if everything's going okay, if, if, if you're nice to me or whatever, a covenant something is cut and it is forever. So in every covenant, there is a covenant seal and that covenant seal basically seals the deal. And there also is a covenant sign. Now stick with me. I know you're hearing a lot of terminology here. But in marriage, let me just tell you, Sex is the seal and sign of marriage. You get married and you consummate your marriage vows through sexual intimacy. And then every time you have sexual intimacy, you are stating this is a sign of my commitment I made to you. And in a lot of times... You know, the world has brought it to, you know, sex is just sex and whatever. No, it's covenant. And God blesses that when it's covenant. When it's outside a covenant, God does not bless it. So God came to Abraham and made a covenant with him. And Abraham had to be circumcised. And God says, when I look down and see the sign of circumcision... I will pour out my blessing of covenant upon you. All the promises of the covenant came because God would see the sign of circumcision. It is the seal of covenant. So if I would just say it this way, you would not see a Jewish boy after 8 years or 8 days old that would not be circumcised. So well now, what is the seal of the new covenant? The covenant made by blood. What is the seal? The seal is water baptism. That's why it's so important. Mark 16, 16 says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So here's the the important question, because this is where a lot of people will ask me, and so I'm answering the question for you. Can I be saved without being water baptized? The answer is yes, yes. Because it's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. You don't get saved because of water baptism. The thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. He was not water baptized. Uh, Deathbed salvation. Someone who is in their hospital and they take their last breath but just before they receive the Lord. They were not water baptized. Soldier in the foxhole. Two of them are in there. And one's a Christian, one's not. And the guy gets scared, that's not. And, and the guy says, hey, you know what? I'm not af- Why aren't you afraid? Because I know Jesus Christ, and I know for eternity I'll be with him. I want to know God, okay. And he gets born again, he confesses, maybe says the sinner's prayer. And then something happens, and he gets shot and killed. He didn't get water baptized, but he's saved, and he's going to heaven. So obviously, all these people couldn't get water baptized. But let's read Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's why when we do water baptism, that we say that. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, let me just go give you a little byproduct here. Did you know the Great Commission is not to make Christians? It doesn't say go into all the world and make Christians. The Great Commission is to make baptized Christians disciples, is to make disciples who are totally committed to the things of God, totally committed to the foundational principles of God's Word, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be just Christians. We need disciples. What does a disciple mean? Well, A disciple means I am actively obeying Jesus, and if I don't do the elementary obedience of baptism, I'm red-tagged by God because he loves me, and he wants me to look back at these things. See, a relationship with Jesus cannot be selective. It must be committed. A relationship with your wife cannot be selective. It must be committed. A relationship with one another cannot be selective. It must be committed. A relationship you have with me must be committed. And it must be an absolute foundation in your life because if you don't have that committed to one another, then what happens, correction cannot happen without God bringing something in your life that will knock you down a few rungs so that you will rise up and become the man or the woman that God's called you to be. And people have asked all the time, why is God doing this? I ask in my heart, have you checked your foundation? Are you offended with someone? Are you angry all the time? Are you running around with secret sin? See, the reality of, of a, being a, a disciple is you're committed to those things, and when you and I blow it, let me just tell you this, and we do, that we confess it to the Lord. See, a, again, a relationship with Jesus cannot be selective; It is the first commandment of the new covenant, and it seals the covenant. Did you know there was a study in Iran uh, about a decade, 15 years ago? In Iran, uh, when there was that that great attack, uh, converts, Christian converts, ran away from the persecution. They ran. But they noticed, but those who had been disciples would die for the Lord in their persecution, they would stay. And then they say, no, God's got me here. i got a calling in my life to minister the word of God, to minister the word of God over this area, and I'm going to profess the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what. And those were those that were discipled. But just the, quote, Christian converts ran away. Bottom line, here it is. You disciple to convert. You disciple to convert. A conversion really takes place when we're committed. Water baptism is a part of that foundational truth. There was a study of young people. And they asked, why do young people leave from the ages of 18, 17, 18, to 25, the church? The answer is they want to be discipled, not just entertained. Did you know that our young people are smart? Our young people are smarter than me. And they have such a passion for the things of God, but the church has faulted them by not discipling them. They felt like they needed to entertain them. Now, yeah, have fun because young people people have fun no matter what. They don't have the pressures you have. But the reality is, I'm telling you, they're smart, and they want to be discipled. They want to know. And so that's why you have in our identity youth group is that we disciple. They gather in small groups, and they're discipled. And they're able to talk through things. They're able to ask questions. Why? Because they're smart, and they want to know. And so that's why we have set that up, the foundation. Every area of this church, the setup of foundational truth is there so that everyone can understand and know, just like the women's ministries. Ladies, I don't know why ladies don't, some ladies don't attend women's ministries. It just, it boggles my mind. It really does. Most of you do, but it really boggles my mind. You online, if you attend another church, it boggles my mind if you don't attend your women's group. You might not like their dress. It doesn't matter. It's the Word of God that's important and becoming discipled. And if you feel like you're not being discipled, come to the women's ministry. You will be discipled or come here and you will be discipled. Amen? Amen. So you find that in Iran. You find that with young people. Discipleship is, here's a term, the gold standard of Christianity. When you are baptized in water, you are declaring the covenant made by blood, and it seals the deal. The covenant sign in the new covenant, we'll talk about this later, is communion. Is communion. We, when we take the bread and the cup, we say, Lord, I remember the commitment I made towards you and what that means. Because Jesus says, I want you to remember this often. I committed to you. Are you committed to me? Are you committed to my body? Are you committed to your brothers and sisters? Are you committed to those things at work? They pay you a paycheck, but you don't like what they ask you to do. Are you committed to that and allowing God to bless or to change things because you stay on a firm foundation? Are you with me? All right, let's keep going. So second reason baptism in water supernaturally empowers us to know and serve Jesus. Look at Colossians chapter two. Very interesting what he says. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead let me tell you everything that you thought was dead becomes alive the vision of God is secure when you begin to commit yourself in this way spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So water baptism is called the circumcision of Christ. Here are three reasons for circumcision, physical circumcision. Covenant, the seal, hygiene, and sensitivity. Colossians is saying when you are baptized in water, Jesus circumcises your heart. Did you hear that? Uh, Okay, I'll say it again. Maybe I said it too quickly. Three reasons of circumcision. Covenant, hygiene, and sensitivity. Colossians is saying when you are baptized in water, Jesus circumcises your heart. It means Jesus will take away extra flesh from your heart that keeps you from living a pure life and keeps you, watch this, from hearing your voice. Again, remember, circumcision, covenant, hygiene, sensitivity. If those who have not been water baptized, let me just tell you, this is the answer to some of your questions in life. Those who have not been water baptized, you will struggle more with sin and struggle more to hear the voice of God. Because water baptism removes that past aspect of the flesh so that you hear in a greater way. Doesn't mean that when you become water baptized, you become perfect. No. Doesn't say that. What it means is that it opens the door because now you hear better and you see better purity because you have committed to Christ. So, What happens when you go into the water? You're submerged. Something supernatural happens and your heart is circumcised. You know what? Folks, I know Jesus. I just don't believe in Jesus. Moses knew God's ways. Israel knew his acts. I'm asking you to be a church family, that would begin to make that decision and be faithful to the things of God. Be faithful to your spouse. Be faithful to your friends. Be faithful to your church. Be faithful to God. Water baptism will change you if you have not already. My statement is maybe some of us were water baptized because it was a religious experience. And you didn't know what really happened. Two things you can do. Either one, go back to this message, listen to it again, and ask the Lord, God, what did you do for me when I was water baptized years ago? Or, number two, I'll give an announcement in a little bit, get water baptized again. With a spiritual revelation of what it really means. What it really is for you and for me. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all sons of God, daughters of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, having put on Christ. That makes makes so much more sense. So if you've been baptized, basically you're one with him, it says. It's like putting on a jacket being surrounded by Jesus. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus, water baptism, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There's a transformation. It's almost impossible for an unbaptized people to move on to maturity because it is a foundation of God's building. It's foundational, church. It's not a religious decision. It's foundational. You're saved, but you don't have the same confidence that those that understand water baptism and have been water baptized. Okay, last, we'll finish with this, is... The third reason we are water baptized. Baptism in water purifies our conscience from our life of sin and gives us confidence in our relationship with the Lord. It gives us confidence in our relationship with the Lord. You know, I I've known the Lord for quite a few decades. And all those years, I've grown and grown and grown and messed up and grown and grown and messed messed up, grown, messed up, grown, messed up. But the reality is I've grown. But I've set my foundation, and my foundation is secure. But what I'm saying is the breakthrough that God has for us, he's unfurling more the prophetic word that he's been giving to us, giving us for the past three years, through some of you that are prophetic and have prophesied over our church, but to really the word that God's given me a breakthrough to you. And what I have done, I have sat in the last few months and I have rewritten the foundation of Valley Community Church, of who we are, our identity, what we are, how we how we live, how we react, how we act. Because the reality is, is if we don't see the vision plainly, the mountain will not be removed. If we don't lift our head and see what God has said, we will live in frustration and doubt and depression. And some of you, not because you're bad or have done wrong or anything. Some of you are struggling with frustration and depression and hurt and pain. And I want to tell you, God wants you to break through, and I'm asking you to work with me as your pastor and to hear my voice as I'm speaking the word of God is to allow yourself to hear the voice of God through me or others or by God himself, and just stabilize your foundation and begin to move into this realm. Love one another greater than you've ever loved one another. Stand with each other, even if that brother or sister messes up, stand with them. Because you can't do it alone. Christians can't do it alone. Some of you are happy just to watch TV Great, you're hearing the word of God, but you got to have others around you. You got to worship with others. 1 Peter 3. Oh, I know that God is saying some things to to you, and, and I know you're receiving it. Receive your pastor with gladness right now. Accept what is being said so that you can. Build that great foundation that God has set before you, especially in water baptism. 1 Peter 3, verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that was us, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, by whom also he went and preached into the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once divine longsuffering was, waited in the days of Noah, (laughs) long-suffering, anybody face that, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an anti-type, which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities, and powers having made, been made subject to him. See, in the Old Testament, there are many types and shadows. Do you realize the ark built by Noah was a type of Jesus? When Noah's family came into the ark, that was like us coming into Jesus. When Noah and his family were floating in the ark during the flood waters, that was a picture of us coming to Jesus being water baptized now through Jesus and water baptism, saves us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, there is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. What does it do? The answer is it removes the filth of our conscience. You're born again because you believe in your heart and confess Jesus Christ as Lord from your mouth. But when you're water baptized, it removes the filth of the conscience of the past. And it brings you into a place that you can just move in just a great way with God. Hmm. Jesus removes the extra flesh that keeps you from moving forward and having breakthrough going to higher levels. So, church family, before being saved, I wasn't the nicest guy. Some people might think I'm not the nicest guy now, but that's all right. That's their problem. But I got saved and then water baptized, and it cleansed my conscience, and now I serve God without shame. There is nothing wrong with us having discipleship talking about shame and removing shame out of people's lives because they don't understand. But let me tell you, right then and there, Jesus removed your shame. And because people are not understanding the commitment that they make to God and others, that the reality is that's where that shame is removed. It's not feeling better about what happened in your past. I'll tell you, some of you have faced, I've heard some of your stories, some of you face faced things that I don't even know if I could have handled it when you did because it was awful, it was evil, it was sin, it was just demonic, it was just awful. But I want to tell you that shame is delivered when you understand the covenant with God made by blood and then you're water baptized and then you move towards maturity and that perfection. Hallelujah. Well, the first two Sundays of December, I don't know, some of you don't know, but right under the sign word is a water baptismal tank. And on the first and second Sunday of December, we are gonna have water baptism, (laughs) amen. And let me just say this to you, I don't care if all of you wanna be water baptized because now you got the revelation that I just gave you. How many of you learned something today? Amen. How many of you know what the power that you have to love God than to love one another? Amen. So let's just do it. Let's break through. Let's make it happen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. I could go on for hours and then all of you say, please, Pastor, I'm hungry. The football game's coming on. I'm recording mine. Amen. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited about tonight' Bible study at six o'clock. I get to stand uh, on the floor here, real casual, and just kind of just proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you can be discipled. That's what it's all about: identity. Uh, the young people. We we have Kingdom Kids. We have Nursery. Just discipleship. Word. 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 Why? Because we want you to succeed in everything that you touch. And that's a promise of God. Because he cut a covenant with you through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over you. Today is going to be the greatest day of your life. Because Jesus is Lord of your life. God bless you. Have a great day. It's impossible, walking away from me?